Amen. Well, good evening, everybody. It's good to see you guys and girls tonight. Thank you for being back in the house of the Lord. I pray you had a great afternoon. It's been a glorious, beautiful, beautiful day. I love that sunshine and those warmer temperatures. And uh, it won't be long until the pollen will be flying and we'll be snotting and sneezing. And thank you, Jesus, for the pollen. Amen. Amen. Well, we have got a, a great night. Uh, the Lord's here with us, and, and great things are going to happen. Uh, the youth are going to be ministering here in just a moment. Uh, coming up uh, next Friday, they're going to Oklahoma City for fine arts, and uh, we're, we're excited for them. And they're going to share some of their ministry uh, that they're going to be doing there. And uh, we're excited for them to come after worship. They're going to come up, and uh, we want to love on them and let them know how proud. They're trying it out on us first, okay, y'all? You're the guinea pigs. We are the guinea pigs, and so just get ready. They're awesome. Don't we have the best youth group in town? They are incredible. They are incredible. How many of you are ready to worship the Lord? Father, forgive me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Amen. Hey, I want to open tonight with, with a special word of prayer. Um, Sister uh, Mary, Brother Ronnie came in tonight to have church with us. And Brother Ronnie got to not to feeling very well. And so Sister Mary took him back home. And so we want to pray for Brother Ronnie tonight and just believe the Lord to touch him. 
and uh, just got to, to heal anything that may be wrong. And uh, Brother Ron Stinson, he's not feeling well, has been, has been sick and, and uh, not feeling well, not able to eat anything all day today. And so we want to pray for Ron tonight as well. And so let's open by, by praying for our loved ones. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you, God, for, for the help and the hope, the mercy we have in you. Uh, Lord, we pray for Brother Ronnie tonight. We'd ask you to touch him, Lord, and just minister to any need that's going on there in his body. I pray, God, that you would just heal him from the bottom of his feet and to the top of his head and every part in between. For Brother Ron Stinson tonight, God, that you'd touch him. God, take away any nausea, take away any sickness right now in Jesus' name. God, any infirmity named among us in this room together tonight, that, that Lord, you'd intervene on their behalf. And, and Lord, God, that you would just come and inhabit the praises of your people. Lord, leave nothing out in this meeting tonight that you wish to do. God, for your glory. God, for your praise. God, for your namesake. That's why we're here, Lord. It's all about you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's worship together tonight.
heaven, Lord, and just flood this place with your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Change it. 
can you lift your voice tonight and declare his holiness in this place father you're so worthy of our praise so worthy of the glory and the honor all might and power and authority and dominion are yours O lord you're glorious and you're precious you're holy god and you're righteous lord you deserve our very best god no distraction no interruption god no confusion no disorder lord but but our whole heart our whole attention focused upon you Lord, you're worthy of all the the glory of heaven. Surely you're worthy of the praise of all mankind. Lord, we bless your name tonight. God, we exalt you. Spirit and truth, Lord, we lift our voices together in one accord to praise you. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Our hearts cry, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. You are holy and righteous and worthy. Holy and righteous and worthy. Blessed be the name of the Most High God. Surely He's worthy of our praise tonight, church. Surely He's worthy of our praise tonight, church. You know, Jesus said that if if His disciples didn't praise Him, the rocks were going to cry out. I don't need a rock crying out for me tonight. How about you? I'm going to give Him my best. Come on and put your hands together and give Him your best praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Turn and greet someone. Let them know you love them. You're glad to see them tonight. Amen. 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 Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you guys for being here tonight. As I said earlier, uh, next this coming Friday, Friday of this week, our youth are going to be traveling to, uh, to Oklahoma City, actually Mustang, uh, and, and are going to be... I, I know it's called fine arts competition, but I hate to call it that. Uh, I, I don't like the, the terminology of competition. These kids are using the, the anointing and the talents, the, the gifts that the Lord has given them. And they're just going to go put them on display. They're going to be ministering. And uh, they're going to be ministering to us tonight. And uh, Brother Chasen's going to come and kind of intro what they're doing and, and who they are and all that kind of stuff. And, and so make our awesome youth pastor feel welcome as he comes tonight. 
All right. Praise the Lord. Okay, so fine arts, the idea behind fine arts is we allow students to use their God-given talents. How many of you believe our talents are given from the Lord? How many of you know if we don't use those talents, we could lose those talents? And, and so fine arts is an opportunity for our youth, our, our middle school and high school students, and, and there's even a college uh, age level, to go and use their talents to minister for the Lord. Not just to use them, but also they, they help them. And, and help them develop them. And, and a lot of people say it's a competition. I don't, like, like Pastor, I don't feel like it's a competition. I believe it's an opportunity for them to go show their talents and receive some, uh, you know, crit critique and some things of this is how to do it. And so um, how many of you know that you can minister for the Lord in many, 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 many different ways? Amen. Just standing here preaching is not the only way. Amen. It's, it's a great way. It's a very direct way, but sometimes we have to step out of our box. As pastor says, we have to do things that aren't, you know, a lot of people wouldn't come into the church. And so this first young man is Ethan and he's going to come and, and he has chosen to do the category that he's doing is stand up comedy. And I'm excited about it because if they had this, when I was in high school, I would have loved this. I'd have done it every year. And, uh, and he's just like me. So. Um, but you know, you can use stand-up comedy to reach people that might not come listen to preaching because they think just church people, Christians are boring, but yet the, the purpose of the stand-up comedy is to minister to people through the use of humor. And so Ethan Lamb. All righty. Well, so whenever I go there, I guess I got to introduce myself. So I'll start off. Um, hi, my name is Ethan Lamb. I'm from Long Grove Assembly. Uh, I'll give you a little backstory on myself. I'm 18 years old. Uh, I've grown up church basically my whole life. Um, so and it, my dad's actually a youth pastor, you know, so he's been a youth pastor, senior pastor, children's pastor. And uh, being a pastor's kid and growing up in church, there's a lot of advantages. There's also a lot of disadvantages, but there's a lot of advantages. And one of the advantages is, you know, like whenever they come and they do like an Easter thing, you know, they put the inflatables up and you stand there and you get, you, you're there, but you get to be the first one to jump on the inflatable. And I love that. So, but, you know, growing up in church, you also learn a lot of phrases. There's good phrases, there's bad phrases. And the phrase that I don't necessarily like is when new people come into the church and then there's, there's those, there's door greeters that stand there. And whenever the new people come in, they're like, oh, we just, we just want to love on you. Come on in. We just, we just want to love on you. I don't know if I'd want to be told that when I'm a new person coming into church. <laughs> I think I would probably freak out if someone, oh, we just want to love on you. Come on in. Come on in. You know, but anyway, so, you know, um, you know, me and my dad, we get along really good. You know, we, we hang out together and stuff. We're a lot alike. My dad, he used to be in very good shape. He used to be in real good shape whenever he, <laughs> I didn't think that one was going to be as funny as all the rest of them, but when it, so he used to live at the Grand Canyon, and whenever he lived at the Grand Canyon, he'd hike, and he mountain bikes, and he'd walk, and he'd swam, and he'd run, and stuff like that. But, you know, he, he never has been very good at running. And so a couple, year, you know, a couple years ago, we went to the, city, to the city, and we were trying to find something to do, and so we, we, we were going to eat, and so we saw a golden crowl. And so we're like, hey, let's go in there, let's get some buffet. And so we, we pulled up in there, and we were standing, and we were sitting there, and we, we saw a van over there, and my dad was like, oh, that's a Simply God van. And we got to look in there for a little bit. We were like, oh, that's the prime timers. We better, we better get in there fast before they get in there in order. We'll be a long time before we get in there in order. And so, and so we, we, we kind of hurry, hurry walked in there. And my dad's not very good at running. And I kind of started to pick up my pace because they were moving. They were, they were moving. And so, and so we, were, 
So I got to I got to figure it out my face, and my dad started figuring it out my face. And whenever we got in there, I saw there was a drink that spilled. I didn't say anything because I thought, oh, this is gonna be funny. And so whenever he ran, he slipped, and one foot went this way, and one foot went this way, and he looked up at me and he said, "That's why I don't run." <laughs> and so, uh, but you you know, a couple years ago, my dad was like, "Man, I'm gonna get in great shape." And so he uh, he was like, "Man, you know, runners." Runners are always super jacked, and you know, you watch the Olympics, and the runners are always fit with all the abs and everything. He was like, man, I'm going to run. And so he went, and he's an 80s kid, and so he went to the store, and he bought him some high-top Nikes, and was like, oh, yeah. And so he went and bought some shorts, and I'm not talking about basketball shorts. I'm talking about Larry Bird shorts. And, so, and then he bought him some tank tops, and then he bought him some headbands and sweatbands. And so he got ready. <laughs> And he got on the porch. He said, all right, I'm going to run. I said, go. And so he started running. He was booking. He was like, man, I'm going to sprint a, mo- a, a block. I'll sprint around a block. He got to the end of the porch, and his feet looked up and said, whoa. Wait a minute. <laughs> Slow down now. This ain't what we do. But he said, nope, I'm not listening to it. I'm going to keep on running. He, he picked up his pace. And he said, feet don't fail me now. I'm going. So he went. And by the time he got to the end of the, the driveway, his legs started hurting. I mean, they started, they started shaking. Whenever he, whenever he was running, he started shaking. And so he, but he was like, nope, nope, that ain't going to phase me. I'm going to keep on going. So he picked up his pace. And so he got down to the road, and he was running a little bit, and his chest started pumping out of his body. And then, but he rounded a corner. He got around a corner. And his body decided, nope, I've had enough. It's not going to work no more. I'm stopping. And you know my dad, if he was running... The, Five miles an hour, he was going to, and he stopped. It ain't going to be a graceful stop. He, he fell down hard. And so he laid there. He's passed out for a little bit, and then he, he woke up, and then this little old lady from down the road was riding down in her rascal, her air, her air hose flapping in the wind, and she, she pulled up next to him, and she said, I saw you. You're too fat to be running like that. <laughs> and so, but, but what really scared him, I mean, what got his, what, what made him, what gave him, energy to run harder is when he looked up at her and she took her teeth out and she proceeded to start giving him mouth to mouth. He got up and ran two blocks that way, realized the house is over here and had to run back. And so, but you know, my dad, he got to thinking a little bit later. He said, you know, son, Christians are a lot like that. You know, they have the appearance of a Christian on the outside, they come to church, they worship, they pray, but their condition is not of a Christian. Their condition of someone that just goes to the bar every night. Their condition is someone that sleeps around every night. And that's not what you need to do. You need to be in church. And so, thank y'all guys. Thank y'all. Now that's all made up. None of it's true. Just so you, just so you know that. All right. He he wraps it around. I, he was nervous, but he told me his point is. He said that after I passed out, he said I may have had the appearance of a runner, but didn't have the condition. Just like many Christians may have the appearance, they go to church, but they don't have the condition. And so, comedy is where you tell some jokes and you wrap it around. You may bring it to a point that that can minister to people. Okay, this next young lady, her name is Audrey. And she's a flautist. That's a big word right there. Huh? You did. 
And uh, so she's going to play the flute. And Audrey hasn't been, she's tuning real quick. Um, she hasn't been coming to our youth for just a few months. And she's actually from Ardmore. So uh, we're excited that we now have Lone Grove students. We have Plainview students. We have, and we have a couple from Dixon that, that somehow make their way over here. And then, and then we also, now we have Ardmore. So we are represented in four different schools with our youth group back here. So... So we're excited about that. Audrey is super nervous, so y'all encourage her tonight. And uh, so she's going to play the flute. And, and so Audrey White. All right, and now we have our human video, and I'm going to have Aaliyah come. She was work. She has worked with the youth and kind of put this together, and did all the hard work. And I just get to stand here and look good. So, but uh, she's going to come introduce the human video that they're doing. 
feel like I'm performing. I'm sweating. <laughs> okay. Um, so first of all, I want to say thank you to Jason and Jill for asking me to do this. I'm very honored for this. Um, if you'd have told me this several years ago, that I would have been doing my own human video, I'm like, no way. Um, for, what, for most of you that you don't know, I used to do this. I did this all in my youth. Um, we went and competed for several years, me and Ethan both, actually. Um, we did this, and so when they asked me, it's a lot harder building a video than performing it, because I just showed up and did it, you know? <laughs> and so when I had to put one together, it was a lot more harder than what I thought. But um, so I'll give you a little backstory on the video and how I came about it, and I'll kind of explain it because it is a human video, which I'll explain what that is, is too. Um, so if you haven't seen the movie Breakthrough, you need to. It's a really good movie, and this is where God gave me this video. Uh, I watched the video for the first time when we first started um, back in February, and it's about, if you haven't seen it, this this boy falls through the ice, you know, and um, is under too long. And so pretty much he, the, he loses, he dies. And so when the mother gets there, this prayer scene, y'all, it touched me so much because this mother was like, I don't care what the doctor says. I know a God. And I know a God that's bigger than what you're saying, okay? And she just started praying. She was like, I know what to do here, you know. I don't care, so I'm just going to pray. So... Man, the whole prayer, the whole time I was watching the movie, I was like, this is what our video needs to be about because this is what people need to know today that from the littlest, from, your, from personal to family to all the way up to our nation, it starts with prayer, okay? And that's where we need to begin. And, you know, so um, when I seen the video or seen the movie, I was like, okay, this is, I'm going to have to interpret this somehow in a human video. And so... Pretty much that's how our video starts off. Um, we start off like that. It, I'm not going to spoil the whole thing, but pretty much the boy dies. And this mother, she's singing this, but she's praying. What She's not accepting what the doctor is going to say. And so I pick um, things, uh, stories in the Bible that reminded me of things that um, this that probably like when somebody is facing something like that, you know, that the impossible. Yeah. When you're facing the impossible, I pick stories out. So I'll go ahead. So like Moses in the Red Sea, when he was facing that sea, I can only imagine he's thinking, what? No way. You know, this is impossible. Right. Like God said, hold on, I'm doing something. Right. Okay. And so we, um, I did Moses in the Red Sea, um, Ezekiel in the dry bones, um, that same thing, you know, looking at these dry bones, you're thinking, God, how are you going to bring these bones alive? They're, how? Um, and we did Daniel in the lion's den. Um, I'm sure he was thinking the same thing, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego facing the fire. Um, so those are the, um, did I miss any? Those are the scenes. Oh, David and Goliath. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, so David and Goliath, same thing. You know, David was facing that Goliath. But so I lined this up um, in that way of what I thought that God would have showed a mom facing the impossible. And so um, when I encourage you to watch this, I encourage you to really don't look at it as a performance. That if, if you or someone you know that you need a breakthrough in whatever situation, 
It starts with prayer because God's going to show up. And God never said that we wouldn't go through hard things. <laughs> um, he never said that, but he did say he would go with us and he will be there. And so that's really what I wanted to show through this is even when we face the impossible, even when we have to go through that fire, God says, I'm going to be right there, you know. And so that's what I want to encourage you when you, uh, you watch this today. And I want to say I'm so proud of these kids. <laughs> um, dang it, I was not going to cry. <laughs> um, we started this after the Valentine's banquet, okay? And uh, when I did this back in, when I was in youth, we did this for months. And it, it's hard, y'all, it's so hard. But they, they blown me away. This is their first year. And y'all, when y'all, my first year, it's not great. <laughs> it's not great, but they have literally blown me away and I'm so, so proud of them. So here we are, I'm here, I welcome my kids. <laughs>
how in the world am I supposed to do any ministry after that? You guys are incredible. They're incredible. I, I stand before you tonight just impressed, blessed, amazed to get that many brothers and sisters to work together as well as they did. Wow. <laughs> he is a miracle working God. Oh my goodness. I, I, have, I have been doing um, ministry for quite a long time. And I've, in, in that time, we've been involved with, with fine arts the entire uh, time of, of being involved with ministry. And uh, I don't know that I've ever seen a finer presentation uh, from our kids. Aaliyah, thank you. Jason, thank you. Jill, thank you. Young people, you're awesome. Give them a hand clap one more time, please. Amen. Amen, amen. I'm going to be brief because they've already preached for me tonight. And so uh, they've already preached for you tonight. And so I've just got some thoughts that are on my heart. The Holy Spirit's laid in my, my spirit that I want to share with you. And uh, I want us to pray as we go to God in His Word tonight. Will you pray with me? Father, we love you. Uh, we thank you tonight for the opportunity to be gathered again in your house. Uh, Lord, we, we just ask you right now to have your way in this meeting. Uh, Lord, may our hearts and our spirits be open to the revelation of the truth of your Word. Uh, Father, you're worthy of all the glory, the praise, the honor. Uh, God, we thank you for working through these young people the way that you have tonight. We give you the, prank, the thanks for it, and we ask it all in Jesus' perfect name. Amen. Amen. I love the Lord tonight, don't you? I thank the Lord tonight. I praise God tonight. I, I thank God for His blessing. I, I thank God as a God who desires to bless His people. How many would agree with that tonight? And, and I believe His blessing flows from finding ourselves in the center of His perfect will. Uh, his blessing flows from finding ourselves in the, uh, in the place where He's appointed us, the place where He's presented us, the, uh, the, the, the opportunity that He's uh, presented in front of us when we'll, when we'll function and we'll flow in those places, when we'll function and we'll flow in the opportunities that God has placed in front of us. And, and we're doing it for His glory. We're doing it for His namesake. I'm here to tell you tonight, God's going to bless that. God's going to use that. Uh, and God's going to multiply the kingdom because of that. I, I believe that, that, that God has a plan for every life, and, and that involves blessing. Uh, God wants His blessing to flow upon our youth. He wants it to flow upon our young adults. He wants it to flow upon our children. He wants it to flow from generation to generation. Uh, our adults, our senior adults, I don't care what demographic, I don't care what age group, I don't care what category you may feel that you fall into. God has a plan for you tonight. I want you to hear me clearly. The, the truth of the matter is you were all born on purpose and you were all born with a purpose. How many will receive that tonight? Uh, the, the Word of God is, is pretty simple. It's pretty clear. Uh, in Psalms 139 verses 14 through 16, the psalmist says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the, dip, the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body, and all the days were ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. What the psalmist says is, before I was ever born, yep. before I was ever formed in my mother's womb, you knew me and you had a plan for me. 
Can I tell you the plan of God has not changed. The will and the purpose of God has not changed. And before you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew you and God had a plan for you. You are not an oops. You are not an accident. You, you are not a mistake. Uh, you are here on purpose and God has a plan for your life. How many believe that tonight? God has a plan for the believers and I believe that the key purpose to that plan, the key purpose to the will of God is understanding that we're not here just by accident, but we're here and created for the glory of Almighty God. God created you for His glory. God created you for His purpose. God created you for His plan. A lot of people stagger through this life. They wander through this life trying to figure out why in the world am I here? What was I born for? What, what was I created for? Why, why would God allow me to live in a time such as this? Why would God put me at Lone Grove Assembly of God in the youth group? Why would God put me uh, in the workplace that I'm at? Why would God put me in the school system that I'm in? Why would God uh, allow me to, to live this long? Listen, God's got a purpose and God's got a plan for every one of you. And the key to, to being joyous in life, to, the key to the blessing of God flowing upon your life is finding the will of God for you personally and then walking it out every day and saying, here I am, Lord, use me for your glory. That's what I want to talk to you quickly about tonight. I want to talk about being used by God. How many will submit yourselves to allow yourself to be used by God tonight? Book of Isaiah, man, it's one of those very familiar passages of scriptures. We can almost quote it without reading it, but we're going to read it together tonight. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8, the word of the Lord says this. And the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. And above it stood seraphim, each had six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet. With two he flew, and, and he cried, and they cried one to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the doorposts were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And then one of the seraphim flew to me, with, having in his hands a live coal with which he had taken with tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it, he touched my lips with it, and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your iniquity is taken away, your sin is purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And then I said, Here am I, send me." Let's pray. Father, have your way in this meeting tonight. Lord, please leave nothing undone that you want to do. God, it's never about me. It's not from my attention. It's not about this church or this denomination. But God, it's always about you. God, stir us up to be used for your glory. Lord, I thank you and I praise you. I give you glory in Jesus' perfect name. And all of God's people agreed tonight and said, Amen. Amen. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap if you would, please. I want you to understand very plainly and very clearly tonight, you can be used by God. 
Now, I know a lot of people are hesitant when I say you can be used by God because we have this understanding of being what it means to be used by man. I got to tell you, uh, as a 55-year-old uh, young fella, I don't like being used by people. Can I get a witness? I don't mind doing anything for anybody in the world. I'll jump through hoops to try to help somebody. I'll do anything in my power to make somebody's lives better. But the moment I feel like they're using me, the moment I feel like they're taking advantage of me, that's where the free ride ends. Amen? I don't like being used by people. But the fact of the matter is, I rejoice in being used by God. Because there's a huge difference in being used by man and being used by God. And I want to make something else very clear tonight. God doesn't have to use you. Are you here? God does not have to use you. God can accomplish His plan with you, or God can accomplish His plan without you. But the truth is, you were created to fulfill the plan of God for your life. I've told you on several occasions, I usually mention it around graduation time. There's only one of you. And your mama said, praise God. There's only one of you. And only you can do what God created you to do. Uh, there's not a carbon copy of you running. Oh, I know there's twins. The, the Hockersmith clan are blessed with twin girls. Uh, but the, the fact of the matter is, Brooke and Bridget are two entirely different people. If you've ever spent time with them, you'd recognize that pretty quick. And the Hockersmith clan said, Amen. There's only one of you, and only you can do the plan of God that God's got for your life. And what I believe tonight is we need to jump in the middle of what God's got for us and do it with all of our strength, with all of our might, so that we might bring glory to Him and not just us. The truth is, is that the people that God chooses to use for His glory are not always the people we think He's going to choose to use for His glory. I was watching Allison tonight. Oh, I've got a page full of notes that just aren't worth nothing. I was watching you, Alley Cat. You, you got your pastor's heart. I just, you captured me a long time ago when you kicked me in the leg and ran away. That was... How old are you, Allison? 27? 12. 12. When I came to be that little girl's pastor... Eight years ago, she would have been about somewhere around five, four or five years old, something like that. She was the honoriest thing in the church. I used, to, I used to look at her and think, Lynn, you need to take her outside and wear her britches out, man. Just beat her until the dust flies off of her backside. But the fact of the matter is, I've watched that little girl grow. I've watched that little girl mature. I've watched her change. I, I've watched how God, and, and all of you guys, you're, you're all incredible. But Allie caught my eye tonight for, for some particular reason. And as I was watching her minister on this platform, I thought, man, God, look how you're using Allison. Because Allison said, Lord, here am I, use me. And the people we think God ought to be using are not always the people that God's going to use or God's going to work through. 
Is Allison the oldest in the youth group? No, she's probably one of the youngest in the youth group. Has she been going to youth a long time or or have an understanding of how things function or even doing a a human video? No, absolutely not. Aaliyah said tonight that this was the first time that many of them had ever done a human video. But God worked through them mightily. And sometimes God uses the folks we don't ever think about him using. Because God don't give uh, any care or any condition about our, our education. He doesn't care about your talent. God cares about your availability, not the wisdom that you've got in your brain. I believe with all of my heart that what we find in the Word of God is that Isaiah was a man who God worked through in a mighty way. God called him, God anointed him, God worked through him. Isaiah was this prophet who God spoke through in this mighty way. Isaiah had a personal encounter with God where he received his calling to be the prophet. Isaiah received a vision from the Lord. He saw the holiness, the glory. He was called by God. He was cleansed by God. And through this encounter, he was sent out to be the prophet of the Lord. I don't know what it says at the heading in your Bible, but mine says, Isaiah called to be a prophet. Up until this time, Isaiah had not been called to be a prophet, but he heard the voice of Almighty God, and he was transformed, and he was changed, and he said, yes, here am I, Lord, use me. God's looking for your availability to be used of him in every situation and in every area of your life. Here's the truth I believe with all of my heart. You're going to be used by somebody. You're going to be used in this world and in this life. You're going to be used by somebody. You're either going to be used by the devil for his glory, or you're going to be used by God for his. I don't know about you, but I'd much rather be used by the Lord than used by the devil any day of the week. Some things I want to share with you quickly tonight about uh, what's required, uh, what's my involvement, what's our involvement in being used for the glory of the Lord. And the first thing I see it's going to take is this. It's going to take some commitment on our behalf. It's going to take some commitment, guys. Verse 8, and the word of the Lord says very plainly, the Lord said, who will I send? Who's going to go for us? And then I said, here am I, send me. I mean, understand, oh, oh, brother Isaiah, he made a commitment unto the Lord right then and there. I believe God will use committed people. How many believe that? In this wishy-washy world we live in, the truth is commitment's hard to come by. People are for you one day and against you the next. Uh, the, the world is for you one day and against you the next. People come, people go. Many people are committed one day and then gone the next day. The first trouble that comes along, the first storm that blows up, the first hard time that comes their way, so their commitment goes. Oh, I didn't sign up for this hard time. I didn't sign up for going through this hardship. I didn't sign up for for having to actually put in a little elbow grease. Come on, I'm not doing a funky chicken. Y'all help me a little bit. I heard a story the other day about a husband and wife. They said their vows. They they stood before the Lord and the preacher and they said, yes, till death do us part. They were married for several years and the wife contracted cancer. Came down with a very serious disease, came down with a very serious sickness, uh, and she grew more and more sick. The, The prognosis was that the lady was going to die. 
It took constant hands-on care by the husband to take care of her. And about three months into this program, about three months into having constant hands-on care, taking care of his wife, the husband said, I didn't sign up for this. I want a divorce. I didn't sign up to take care of you. I didn't sign up to be your nurse. I didn't sign up for cancer or going through it. I need you to, to sign these papers so I can walk away. What an ordeal that people would say I'm committed to you through the good time. I'm committed to you as long as the sun's shining. I'm committed to you as long as things are good. Listen, far too many times folks want to do the same thing with Almighty God. Lord, I'll, I'll serve you as long as it's going well. Lord, I'll serve you through the good times. Lord, I'll serve you as long as my name's in light and I get the pat of approval on the back. God, I'll serve you as long as everybody's saying amen. Lord, I'll serve you as long as everybody loves me. Listen, you better serve him whether the sun's shining or it's pouring down rain outside. The Lord asked Isaiah the question, who can I send? To me, what the Lord was actually saying was, who's going to commit their way to me? Who's going to serve me with your whole heart? Who's going to do it with everything you got? Isaiah responds by saying, here am I, Lord. Send me. In other words, Isaiah was saying, Lord, I'll be committed to you. Lord, I'll do everything in my power to serve you. Listen, my God, your God, our God puts a great deal of emphasis on commitment. In the book of Luke chapter 9 verse 62, the Lord Jesus says, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Right. Oh Lord, I'll serve you today, but man, as soon as the road gets bumpy, I'm done. Lord, I'll witness for you at the, at the break room, at the workplace, but as soon as those old boys start making fun of me, I'm done. Lord, I'll stand up for you in the classroom. Lord, I'll do a human video. But if somebody makes fun of me, forget about it. I'm done. The Lord said that no one putting their hand to the plow. In other words, what he says is nobody makes a commitment to me and then turns their back and walks away from the commitment. You ain't worthy of the kingdom of heaven. Father, help us. The truth tonight is church being committed, being sold out, being totally on fire, committed to God all the time, it's not always going to be the easy route to take. It's not always going to be politically correct. You're not always going to get the approval of your peers. You're not always going to have people telling you that you're all that in a bag of chips. But friend, I promise you this, if you've got the approval of God, everybody else can go suck eggs. That's theologically sound. Look it up. Their opinion doesn't matter. As long as you have the opinion of God, as long as you're committed to Him, it don't matter what anybody else thinks or has to say about you. What's our involvement in being used by God? It starts with our commitment level. Another part of our involvement in being used by God is creativity. Hang on now. I'll get you there. Look with me again at verse 8. Verse 8 in the word of the Lord. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom will I send and who will go for us? And then I, Isaiah said, Here am I. Send me. How many believe God's a creative God? God is a creative God. Look around the room if you don't think He has a sense of humor. God's creativity is seen in the different strange things that He's made. Did I mention look around the room? 
When I think of the creativity of God, I think about giraffes. A week ago, we got to take my six-month-old grandson to the, to the zoo. He'll remember every moment of that. I'm just... I realized about halfway through, I wasn't going for my grandson. I was going for my daughter and her husband. That's why I was there. The, the giraffe is an amazing animal. God created all things, right? God created the giraffe and he created the elephant. God created things like peacocks. Aren't they amazing? And don't they make the weirdest sound in the whole white world? God created duckbill platypuses. I started to get a picture of every one of those things to show them to you just so you'd see how weird and strange they are. Pastor, what's a duck-billed platypus? It's an animal that lives in Australia. It's got a bill that looks like a duck, but it swims under the water. It's, it's kind of like an otter-looking thing, but it, it's got a duck bill on the front of its face. Man, my God's got a sense of humor. In Australia, I think he took all the leftover pieces and he put them together and he said, here, that's a duck-billed platypus. What a God of creativity. What a God of creativity. Oh, did I tell you? You're created in the image of Almighty God. You are created in the image of Almighty God. That means we get to take on some of His characteristics. We get to take on some of the attributes or the nature of God. And creativity is one of those things. Now, I know there's a lot of people in this room that would say, Pastor, I don't have a created bone in my body. And yes, Vonda, I know sometimes you don't feel like you have a created bone in your body. The, the decorations that are normally here are done by Kathy Cook and Mary Burns. Thank God we don't have to depend on the pastor's wife. <laughs> I don't have a created bone in my body. Can I tell you the reason you may not have a creative bone in your body is because you've never put in a circumstance or a situation where you had to look for that creative bone in your body. Sometimes we have to be under pressure. Sometimes we have to be in the right circumstance and we be the only one there to supply the need before we'll ever look for creativity. Who do you suppose invented the very first set of potholders? Some old boy that burned his fingers. Absolutely. Ow! You know, I need something. You know, I think we'll call these potholders. He got a dish towel in this hand, a dish towel in that hand. It was the good stuff from the wife, you know. He got in trouble for using that. And sometimes we have to be at a place of burning our fingers before we ever get to the place of being creative. I don't have anybody else that can do this. I'm, I'm in a situation where I'm needed right now to be creative. Lord, I need you to help me. You know what the Scripture said? The, the Scripture said if we lack wisdom, that we could ask God and He'd give it liberally and without reproach, and it'd be given to us. How many understand? The same God we can ask for wisdom is the same God we can ask for creativity. Lord, help me figure this out. Lord, help me understand why. Lord, Lord help, me, help me be productive in what I'm doing. In the Word, Isaiah, whenever he answered the call of the Lord, he didn't have to come up with his own creativity. The Lord worked through him. 
And what I see in that scripture is that was the calling of Isaiah to be a prophet. Don't you know he was going to go through some hardships? He was going to go through some hard times. He was going to encounter some situations that he'd never gone through before. You don't just stand up all of a sudden one day and say, Oh, I'm the prophet of the Lord. Let me tell you all about it. The Lord had to give him the wisdom and the Lord had to give him the creativity in his presentation and how to do what he had called him to do. Man, I believe God, if we're willing to be used by God, we don't even have to depend upon ourselves to be creative. We can ask the Lord, God, give me the help to to present your word. God, give me the help to to reach out to those that are lost and undone. God, give me the, the creativity to present your gospel in a manner where it's funny. Come on, Ethan, I'm proud of you. You did good, man. I know, you know. Bless God, I mean, what is this, a a nightclub? I mean, we got a comic show going on up in here. (laughs) I said it this morning, I'll say it again tonight because it bears saying. I would stand on my head and stack little green apples if it went more and more so coming to know Jesus as Lord of their life. And if that kid, by telling something funny about his in-shape daddy... I had this mental picture of this woman on the little runabout. (laughs) Gonna be really hard for me to come in the office with you tomorrow. I'm just saying this. It's creative. It's creative. Aaliyah, God gave you this, this creative. That was incredible. Like I said, I've been in ministry for over 20-some 20, 20 years, right? And, and I've been going to, to fine arts presentations, fine arts competitions for, for that entire time. And a lot of human videos you'll look at and you'll go, what are they doing? What, what, what's that about? I mean, I know what the song says. I know what the song says. But what are the actions that they're doing? I had no downtime. I had no moment where I didn't know the story that you were trying to tell or the presentation that you were trying to bring. God gave you the creativity to minister that and to bring it through. And, and you were thrown to the fire. When Jason came and said, oh, by the way, I need you to do this, you were like, what? Potholders. Lord, Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, give me understanding. God, give me creativity. That, that I might be your hands and your feet and your voice to, to minister to the people around me. What's our involvement being used by God? It starts with our commitment and then it moves into our creativity. And then, friend, it, it finally arrives at our compassion. Look again with me at verse 8. Verse 8 in the word of the Lord. Who will I send? Who's going to go for us? And Isaiah said, here am I. Send me. I'm here, Lord. Send me. The Bible talks about how when Isaiah had that encounter with the Lord, he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and the train of His robe filled the temple. And then I said, woe is me, for I'm undone. Woe is me, for I'm a man of unclean lips. Woe is me because there's some things in my life that that aren't right. I've seen the glory of the Lord. And in comparison, my life with the glory of God, there is no comparison. I fall way short of the glory of God. Woe is me for I'm undone. 
But woe is me for I dwell in the midst of a people that are undone as well. Isaiah looked at his community. He looked at the people around him. He looked at his friends and his family members. He looked at the people that he went to church with. He looked at the people he worked at the factory with or went to high school with. He looked at the people in his life and he said, you know what? They've got some problems in their life as well. Isaiah had compassion for the people around him. To have compassion means you hurt for needs in people's lives. I'm drawn, I'm moved by the problems. I'm drawn, I'm moved by the issues. I'm drawn, I'm moved by the garbage that you're having to go through in your life. I believe this with all my heart. I believe that our level of compassion is directly connected with the amount that God is able to use us. If you don't care about anybody but you, If it's me, my four, and no more, then friend, you're going to be used by God exactly that much. But if you say, Lord, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Lord, I dwell in the midst of a people filled with need. Lord, there's a great old big world around me that that needs to hear the truth of the message of the love of Jesus Christ. Then I believe the compassion of God is in you, and He's going to flow through you in that capacity. Lord, use us. Let our compassion grow. May may indifference be swallowed up with compassion. In Matthew chapter 9 verse 36 it says that when Jesus saw the multitudes, He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like a sheep having no shepherd. Jesus said, if you've seen Me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So what Jesus in in essence was actually saying was this. uh, When you you see my reaction, you've seen the Father's reaction. If you see the way I respond to needs of people, then you've seen the way the Father responds to the needs of people. And when the Bible says that Jesus was moved with compassion, friend, I want you to understand, our Heavenly Father is moved with compassion. And if we're going to be used by Him, we got to be a people of compassion as well. I love you guys, but you got to hear me. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than our comfort zone. It's bigger than the padding on the pew. It's bigger than the thermostat. It's bigger than, than our wants. I, I want it this way. No, no, I want it this way. Man, there comes a time and a place for every born-again believer that we've got to mature and we've got to grow up and we've got to get past thinking about what's in it for us. What do I get out of the deal? And we start to look at the people around us and say, listen, they've got a need and I'm going to do everything I can to help them. Mm. Mm -mm. We focus so much in Christianity on what God can do for us. He is a savior. He is a healer. He is a protector. He is a provider. He is a deliverer. He is my rock. He is my fortress. He's the high tower into which I run. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the bright and morning star. He is the healing balm of Gilead. He is my everything. Man, he's better to me than my mama. Listen, there ain't nobody... I celebrated 33 years. She told me on the way home from church today, I've had you longer than your mama had you. 
We, I was 22 years old when she and I were married. We've been married 33 years. That means I'm old, okay? That means she's had me longer than my mama had me. And that woman would fight every devil in hell for me. Don't you, don't you ever doubt it, Bubba. Don't you, don't you back talk, don't you backbite, don't you mess up, because she'll knife you. You may think she's all prim and proper pastor's wife, but I'm telling you, I've seen her get indignant before, okay? That's a whole nother sermon, ain't it, baby? As much as she loves me, she didn't give birth to me. There's a special connection between a, a mother and their child. There's a special connection between a mother and her child. My mama... My mama loved me. My mama loved me with everything that she had. She went without more times than I can remember because of me. She looked for me when I was out doing stupid, ignorant things that I shouldn't have been doing. Hey, shh. I'm preaching right now. My mama loved me. But there ain't never been nobody. Love me the way my God loves me. As much as my wife loves me, as much as my mama loves me, there ain't never been nobody that loves me the way my Jesus does. Why in the world, why in the world would I not voluntarily say, Yes, Lord? Yes, Lord. I commit my words, I commit my mind, I commit my, my life, I commit my livelihood, I commit my finances, God, I, I, I commit my rising up and my lying down, God, I, I commit my every day to you and never turn around and go back because he loves me. Why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I come to the place where I say, Lord, take every bit of creativity that you put in me and use it for your glory? Again, it's not always the people that, that you think that God's going to use for His, His glory. God will work through every one of us in this room tonight if you'll simply say, yes, Lord, here I am. Oh, I don't have any creativity, Pastor. Yes, you do, friend. Just let it come alive in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your creativity flow and watch what God can do in the kingdom of heaven through you and your creativity. And then let your compassion level grow every day. We are living in the last of the last of the last of the last days. If we don't love on the people around us, if we don't have compassion for the people around us, they're going to die and split hell wide open. If we will but be a people of compassion and we'll look upon the needs of a person, you want to know what your compassion level is? Think about the things that stir you. Once upon a time, Lord help us, I'm afraid we're going back to those days again. Once upon a time, they ran commercials about the children in Ethiopia. Do you remember? Are you people old enough to remember yep. the little bloated bellies of the little babies and their little skeleton-looking arms right. and the flies landing on their head and crawling all around them and they were starving because they didn't have no food. That's right. 
And we looked upon those babies with those bloated bellies and we were filled with compassion. Lord, how can I help? Today we looked at the videos from the people fleeing from Ukraine. We were filled with compassion and said, Lord, how can we help? Today, they've replaced the the images of the babies on the television with images of little puppies that are out in the rain. Bless their heart. We need to take care of our animals. I'm not telling you to to be cruel to your animals, but what I am telling you is is that people are more important than animals. If we're not taking care of people, if we're not taking care of our veterans, there's people sleeping under bridges tonight that served the United States of America. They wore the the flag of our country on on their chest. Where's our compassion? Here we, Lord. Send us. Sister Julie, bring your team. Thank you for allowing me to preach to you tonight, church. Thank you for letting me share my heart. These kids tonight allowed themselves to be used by God. I want you to hear your pastor tonight, young people. If you'll keep that attitude and you'll keep that heart, God will use you in ways that you never even dreamed about. You're already starting this process in your life. God's already beginning to work through you at a young age. And God has not finished with you yet. This is just the jumping off place. You're just getting started. Let your compassion for the lost grow. Let your commitment unto God be steadfast. And say, Lord, stick all those ideas in my brain that I might bring your name glory. That applies to every one of us in this room. You are not too young. You're not too old. The theme of of this this month, I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me all weekend long. And, And the theme of the coming month that's in front of us, the idea that the Holy Spirit's placed on my heart for Easter Sunday morning and the days to come after that is, it ain't over till God says it's over. It ain't, when they put him in that tomb, it wasn't over till God said it was over. And it still ain't over today. It certainly isn't over with you. Stand with me tonight, please. Precious Father, God, I love you. God, I thank you. Thank you just for the opportunity to minister your word. God, I'm asking you right now that around this room that you'd speak to every heart, every mind, every spirit. God, I believe you're calling us in these last days to be used by you. Lord, you you called the prophet, you called Isaiah to a place of usefulness. God, you established a creativity within him. And God, his compassion level grew and grew. Lord, I pray over every set of ears, every heart in this room tonight and those that are at home as well. God, I pray right now that our commitment to you be steadfast. God, I pray that the creativity stirs and flows within us of of ways, God, that, that you can use us. God, you give us the wisdom. You give us the intellect. God, you give us the abilities and the words to speak. And God, may our compassion never end. May we see the lost and hurting world around us and and God, may it cause us to be stirred and moved with compassion. 
Lord, I bless your name. I thank you, Lord. I stand before you tonight and I say, yes, Lord. Here I am. Use me. Here I am, Lord. Use me. In Jesus' name. Heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're in this room tonight and you don't know Christ, you do not know Jesus as Lord over your life. I'm not going to ask you to lift your hand tonight as I often do, but I'm going to ask you simply to, to lift your head and make eye contact with me. Pastor, that's me. I need Jesus to save my soul. Will you just raise your head for a moment and look at me? I just want to know who I'm praying with tonight. Anyone at all? Pastor, that's me. Pastor, that's me. Pastor, that's me. Until the day the Lord takes me home, I will never forget the day. I'll never forget the environment. I'll never forget the, the smell of the altar in front of me. I'll never forget the voice of God when He said, Gary, I need you. Gary, I need you. He began to stir my heart. He began to stir my life. He began to shake up my nest. And my response to him was, Lord, I sure don't know how to talk. Lord, I, I'm not very smart. Lord, I, I sure don't know how to preach. Lord, I, I don't know how to do this. But God, I tell you what, I'll make a bargain with you. <laughs> God, I'll make you a deal. I've got two strong hands. I've got two strong legs. God, I've got a strong back. And if you can use that, Lord, then I'm your man. If you can use me, Lord, use me. <laughs> now, as a pastor, I've served as a deacon as well. <laughs> as a pastor, you get to fix toilet stools and paint walls and put in insulation and be a contractor and a <laughs> and you get to use your hands and you get to use your legs and you get to use your back but if you'd have told me over 20 years ago that he'd have me standing in a pulpit and preaching the word I'd have told you you nuts there ain't no way I'm too much of a bald bag hickabilly oaky to ever be used by God in that way Friend, you might be standing here tonight saying, man, God can't do me that way. He, he can't use me in that, in that capacity. Listen, we believe in the God of the impossible becoming possible. We believe in a God who can take the, the weakness that you see as weakness and turn it into strength that you never even imagined. I, I would love to be able to stand before you and say, Dane, he's going to do this, and, and he's going to do this in you, Ethan, and uh, he's going to do this in you, Skyly. And, and I'd love to be able to say, this is what God's got planned for you. But you know what? That's not between me and God. That's between you and God. 
And it doesn't matter if you're a youth or if you're a prime timer, a senior adult, and everything in between. God will use you if you'll let Him. If you'll let Him. So here's your, your altar call from your pastor tonight. Are you available? Are you available for God to work through? I want to encourage you tonight to, to find your place, either here at the front or make an altar where you're at. But friend, please, if you're available for God to use, then let Him know it. Lord, here am I. Use me. God bless you tonight as you pray.
guide us, direct us. Lead us, guide us, and direct us. And use us, Lord. In whatever way, in whatever capacity, in whatever time, in whatever place. Lord, it doesn't matter who you want to use us with or in what area you want to use us for. God, as long as it brings glory to you. Lord, we'll mop floors for your glory. God, we'll change diapers for your glory. God, we'll we'll do whatever you call us to do for your glory. Lord, we thank you tonight that, that you choose, your plan is to work through your church, your bride, your body, your people. Lord, I pray, walk with us this week. Anoint the things that they lay their hands to do for your name. And God, I pray, use them in ways and capacities that blow their mind. God, that you may receive the honor and the glory and the praise. Bring us back together this week, Lord, that we might gather to praise your name one more time. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. God bless you.